0: Before I get started on today's Mordcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake & in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple block away, blocks away from Coors Field. Do you like wine? Do you like any sort of wine? Do you like Pinot? Do you like Cabernet? You know, if you're the Red fan, or do you like Rieslings? Do you like... Uh, do you like whites? Do you, I mean, is it roses? I mean, what do you like with wine? Blanchard Family Wine has, has it, and they have it from their own vineyards in the Russian River Valley in California. Great place to find uh, wine, and really, without driving 250 miles to Grand Junction or flying to California, you won't find a better place in Colorado to, uh, excuse me, in Denver to really experience this, maybe even Colorado um i was in there a couple months ago and i really enjoyed it and uh i don't support anything that i don't personally uh at you know advocate for and i haven't tried and this is just the gut the jeff morton seal of approval all over it i loved it loved the uh, service staff they will give you a great experience of just consuming wine um, just go in with a friend have a couple glasses of wine. You'll have a great time, great atmosphere, right in the middle of the beautiful Dairy Block. They opened in late 2018. They are on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, once again, that's Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake & Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the Dairy Block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, the, you're going to be getting a lot of podcasts the next few uh, weeks. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, my brother, I, I said this a couple of podcasts ago, my brother has leukemia. Uh, he has an acute leukemia, and he's currently at St. Luke's Hospital. And uh, one of the ways they treat this is that when, once they blast you with chemo and all that stuff, they... Uh, Get you into a state where you can accept a transfusion um, and the person who matched the, my brother perfectly was me and uh I am, as of right now beginning a month long uh process of becoming a donor for my brother uh it's going to be um, interesting um, uh it's get look you do what you do for family right. And it's my pleasure to do so. So I will be basically housebound for a month because I can't get sick. Uh, So I can't go to games uh, or anything like that. So basically, you're going to get a lot of podcasts from me the next couple weeks. So uh, get ready for that. Um, And today, we have had two games. As of today, we've had two games um, that the Nuggets have played. And... What has been eminently clear, aside from the Nuggets brain fart carnival that uh, appeared at the end of the Phoenix uh, game, uh, as of the recording, this was yesterday, uh, just inexplicable brain farts that the Nuggets had. I I, I can't even begin to explain it. Um, But aside from all that, and aside from their victory against Portland, the, the game, first game, the Nuggets uh, have shown one thing. Well, two things. Um, one, Will Barton continues to struggle. And uh, Gary Harris continues to struggle. Uh, but Nikola Jokic continues to thrive. And I've got to be honest with you. Uh, if, the, if Nikola Jokic plays the whole, I mean, he had gotten into foul trouble the first game, uh, in the first half, picked up three fouls in the first four minutes of the game and had to sit for the basically the entire first half. Um, if Nikola Jokic doesn't sit that first half, the Nuggets win probably by double digits that game. Uh if it wasn't for Nikola Jokic in this game and uh, Jeremy Grant and a little contrib- and some contributions from Malik Beasley, who came up big on the offensive end, aside from one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen in my life, but we'll discuss that in a second, um, Nikola Jokic, without him, the Nuggets, you lose this game. Uh, he was the steadying for Seattle Triple-Double. Uh, 23 points, 12 assists, and 14 rebounds. Uh, I well, I would call that a good uh, good game. Plus, he had two blocks. Uh, five turnovers wasn't great, but uh, it is it, it, really the without Jokic and particularly second half Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets really don't win this game. You know, Phoenix is a better team, and they really showed it. Better coach team. Monty Williams is their coach, and uh, but Nikola Jokic has been as he was last year. Um, the 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 reason the that things work, and he's done it in his Nikola Jokic way, and it is funny. Coming into this season, how out of shape he looked, and how much people glommed onto that. Um, it it is fascinating to me how people just refuse to let go of the whole physical appearance thing. It is something that it just will, it just, they can't get it out of their brains. And I'm starting to believe that this is the single reason why Nicole Jokic is underestimated. He's got that Columbo thing, uh, some of it's because he's goofy. But part of it also is the fact that uh, he's a big white guy. And more than the white thing, it's the fact that he he's just doesn't look like he's in shape. He's a big guy, and people just don't. I don't know. It, they just have a mental block when it comes to that. And um, it's fascinating to me because he really has, even though know, in the second half of that Portland game, particularly the fourth quarter, Nikola Jokic came in and said, All right, we're just not going to lose this game. And made sure the Nuggets didn't lose that game. 16 points and 10 rebounds in the fourth quarter. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. Um, that's that's just tremendous numbers that you just will really, someone who's able to dominate in such a way that you don't that that you just you you know that they become a force of nature by themselves. That was Nikola Jokic, and in this game he was more steady. He had, he got the triple double as I pointed out, but he was the anchor, and the Nuggets got down by like fourteen points in the first half because they were playing like dog crap, and this team does that, and it bogs, it just bugs the crap out of me. They have moments where you can tell, they just think, this is the Phoenix Suns, and we don't have to do much, particularly with DeAndre Ayton out because of his suspension, 25-game suspension. Um, so you could tell they came in thinking, okay, we can cakewalk through this, and they they didn't. And it is, that that is a part of this team that I really wish was not there. I really do wish, because uh, Nikola Jokic didn't have to be superhuman to win this game, because that kind of tells you where Phoenix is. But he had to be triple-double Nikola Jokic. And at the end of this game, I'm going to point this out. Okay? The Nuggets fouling, particularly from Jeremy Grant, who I love, and uh, uh, Malik Beasley, who otherwise had a great game, But Malik Beasley's fouls at the end of the game were absolutely inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. There is no that that foul on Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio of all people is about to heave a half court shot, and and Malik Beasley just grabs his arm. It was it was one of those things where I, I I'm watching this game at home on Channel 20. And I'm not, I am not going to talk about the telethon that was the the altitude broadcast. Uh, that's another subject altogether, potentially sad one. But I will talk about on the broadcast, I'm, I have my, you know that, that picture of LeBron with, with J.R. Smith, you know, after he, he made that bonehead decision in the 2000, uh, 2018 uh, finals? I had that same thing. I had my arms out like, What? <laughs> What is wrong with you? And it wasn't even, it wasn't a ticky-tack foul. He grabbed his arm. It was just inexplicable to me. And like I said, otherwise, Malik Beasley had a great game. I, I, honestly, it is like he and uh, Nikola Jokic and Jeremy Grant were the reasons the Nuggets won this game. Well, and, and Jamal Murray in the second half um, uh, really stepped up. But it really it was those three guys. And uh, then it was just that horrifically Ill-advised foul. It wasn't even ill. It was just boneheaded foul. It just—it was inexplicable. Anyway, the Nuggets are two and zero after two games, and I—I I, I haven't addressed the elephant in the room, which is of course uh, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I will be honest. There were time there were times in the game last night. I wish Michael Malone would have put in Michael Porter Jr. Uh, not that it would have uh, done anything substantial, but I think it would have helped the Nuggets uh, offensively when they couldn't hit a shot in the first half. Uh, honestly, the Nuggets, the Nuggets could not hit the side of you know side of the wall with their with their shots. They just were everywhere. And uh, maybe putting in Michael Porter Jr. would have helped that. I don't know. There is going to be a point where Mike Malone can't, you know, stop. He's, there's a point where Michael Malone is going to have to acknowledge that is going to have to put Michael Porter Jr. in there. When that is, I don't know. And I kept thinking just in the back of my mind last night that maybe, maybe that was the time. Maybe that was the time to put Michael Porter Jr. in. It turned out to be not the case. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. did not get in. Uh Juanjo Hernan Gomez didn't get in. Uh, Vlatko Chanchar was in a suit on the sideline. So, obviously, he has his rotation, and it is what it is. But at the back of my mind, I'm like, man, maybe sometime in the first half, that would have been nice, particularly with Will Barton, who is continuing with Struggle City. Um Will Barton had an okay first game, but man, man, he didn't get in the. I don't. I don't believe uh, that uh, Will Barton got in the entire second half. I'm gonna have to take a look at this. Got my computer getting right now. Um, I don't believe Will Barton got in the whole second half, uh, or excuse me, the whole fourth quarter. And that, my friends, is indicative of to, to where Will, Bart- Will Barton has been. Um, he was uh, managed to have a plus 13, but he scored five points, only had one rebound, and had three blocks, which is great, but one steal. Uh, he and Gary Harris both, I mean, Gary Harris stabilized in the second half and hit some shots, but he and Gary Harris both, struggled, really struggled. Um, and that's a trend that we need to keep an eye on, particularly with Malik Beasley playing well. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how Malone handles this because, uh, Will Barton goes through these slumps where he's just, um, you know, he was a plus 13, but a lot of that has to do with who you're playing with. um, maybe this team would have been a plus 18 with him on the court if he managed to score more than five points, you know. Uh, he scored 19 in the first game and was a plus two, but he didn't really get things going until the third quarter in that game. Uh, but the second game, it was just bad. and He was just bad, and I don't think he was being guarded by a world-beating defender either. And it's just... You know, it just you want more consistency. I mean, Will Barton had 11 of 12 free throws in the uh, uh, Portland game, which accounted for um, most of his scoring. Uh, he was only three of eight last night. He was one of six against Phoenix. One of six. You can't have your small forward being that much of a minus on the on the on the floor, despite what the plus minus says, and that is going to be something to watch because Torrey Craig came up big at the end with a big block. He also had a boneheaded foul. Um, I, I, I don't know what these Nuggets are thinking sometimes. I mean, even Nikola Jokic had a foul where you're like, what are you doing, dude? Um, I, I just, I wish I knew. But the Nuggets are 2-0. and And the 2-0, and despite not playing well, flat out, the Nuggets are 2-0 and despite not playing well. And this, my friends, is the sign of actually a good team. Uh, the Nuggets could have and should have been 0 oh, and 2, and in, you know if this was two three years ago, they would be 0 and 2 right now. But they are a good team, and uh, they are a talented team, and you expect teams like this to excel and do well. And the Nuggets are starting off much like they did last year uh, on a on a winning streak, and let's see how much they can continue it. Uh, I will be trying to upload more. Not daily podcasts, but podcasts after moments. And uh, we will see if uh, uh, some big moments happen over the weekend. Uh, it's supposed to snow, people. Uh, it's supposed to snow starting tomorrow as of this recording, so be safe. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining me on the latest uh, CSU podcast, The Morecast. I will be talking to you soon. Bye bye.